How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Even those, those of you who don't have your phones, you guys still doing okay? Are you like shaking yet? No, you're good? Okay. Well, I got a question. Have any of you ever been so excited to like see a movie? Raise your hand if you've just been so pumped to see a movie. Yeah, okay. Okay. So imagine this. Imagine this. It's opening night. For this new, it's the most anticipated uh, superhero movie, or maybe it's that movie about that book that you read last summer, or that comedy that everybody's been talking about, and it's going to be the best one of the year, and you're so, you're just so excited, and you started getting ready and excited about this movie like a long time ago. The moment you heard that they were filming it, you were like, yes, this is going to be so awesome. I can't wait to go with my friends. I mean, this is amazing. I've been, I've been waiting for this movie forever, and you've seen all the trailers. You've watched all the advertisements. I mean, you've built this up so much. You've got on social media, and you've just seen everything that there is to see about this movie. And they've convinced you this is going to be the best movie yet, no doubt about it. So you show up to the theater. You get there early because you want to get the best seat with your best friends. You want to make sure you're right where you are. How many of you like to sit, like, all the way up front? Okay, we got a few of you, weirdos. How many of you like to sit all the way in the back? Sus. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And then any, anybody just like sit in the middle like a normal person? Okay, cool. Great. So you get there early. You get the best seat wherever it is. You pick your best spot, and you get this huge bucket of popcorn. You get your candy. You get your soda. You get a slushie, whatever it is. The movie begins. You're there, and it's this really slow start. And you're like, okay, I, 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 I've seen the previews. Like, it has to get better than this. Like, yeah, it's kind of boring so far, but I, I think this is, this is going to get better. And, and you sit there for a little while longer, and you watch, like, half this movie, and you're like, this movie sucks. So you realize that the trailers, they showed all the best scenes of the movie all the funny parts, all the best action parts. The plot is completely predictable. The special effects are cheesy and they don't even look real. Your favorite character has all the worst lines and he just looks like an idiot. It's the worst movie ever. The movie is just full of disappointment, of all this buildup where you were so excited and you go home feeling like you wasted and a whole bunch of your time. I mean, that's absolutely awful, right? Maybe you're not a movie person. Maybe you don't relate to that. But at some point in your life, you've probably been super excited for something, and then you've been completely let down by that thing. I don't know what it is, but in this series, we've been talking about the Bible, It's been called Table of Context, and we've been talking about what's the Bible for? What what does the Bible mean? What does it do for us? And in case you've missed it, we've actually made some some pretty bold and like significant claims about the Bible. We've said that the Bible is one of its main purposes, if not the main purpose, is to help us to know God better. 
We've said that we can know exactly what it means to live the life that God has designed for us whenever we read the Bible. We've said that we can know what it means to be in the same context of the writer and who the Bible was written to at that time. And we know that the Bible, when we read it and when we get serious about it, that it changes us for the better. Those are some of the things we've talked about in the first three weeks of this series. And if you've missed any of those weeks, you can check it out on our podcast. If you want to catch up, it's totally cool. You can go to our website, tribestudents.com, and check out what is being said, what is true about the Bible, and what it can do for you. But as we go on, maybe, maybe you hear me say that the Bible helps us know God. You hear me say that, but, but you and your experience, you've picked up the Bible, you've read it, and you feel confused by it. Like you're like, this, I, I'm, I'm more confused about God than I was before I picked this up. And it seems like, like God says things or does things in the Bible that are contradictory to what you believed about God. You feel like the Bible doesn't answer your questions about God. But it's full of stuff that seems just pointless or maybe boring. What is going on? What's that? Yeah, I know. Might have to just get a brand new microphone. Boom. Watch that. All right. So the Bible, we're talking about that, right? So it doesn't, you feel like it doesn't answer all of your questions about God. You, you, you feel confused by it. You're like, man, I go into this and it's not exactly what I want. It's full of pointless stuff. It's, it's full of long lists of names of people, of their family. And you're like, I don't even know how to pronounce these names. It's boring. It doesn't make sense. There's instructions for how to make, design temples and priestly clothes. And you're like, this doesn't apply to my life. I don't know what to do with this. Or maybe you're told that, that understanding like the original context of the Bible is going to help you to make things clearer. Like if I just study a little bit or if I figure out who this was written to or what was going on at that time, that I'm going to, to, to get a clearer picture. But instead, you just feel really overwhelmed by all of it. Like it's too much. Like you could never possibly understand what was going on in the mind of someone during that time period. Like you wish that the Bible would just speak to the exact problem that it is that you're going through. Whatever question, whatever issue, you wish you could just open it up or the wind would blow up on a page and it would just answer your exact question. Like you wish it would, you would deal with things like how to, how to deal with someone who's, who's bullying you at school or online or whatever it might be. You, you, you wanted to answer questions with how to cope with stress of all the schoolwork that you have or, or what to do with like your super annoying siblings. Does anybody have super annoying siblings? Yeah, I'm going to keep my hand raised. I do too. One of them's in the back of the room somewhere too. Maybe, maybe whenever you hear that the Bible changes us for the better, you're hopeful. You're really, really hopeful. Like you believe it. You want to believe it. And you're hopeful that it can change you for the better. Like when you read it, when you open it, when you dive in, you're like, I feel like this can change me for the better. And you're hopeful for that. That it could help you with curing your anxiety instantly. But then after you read it, you realize, man, it didn't. 
Like I still feel anxious and stressed. And you feel like if the Bible can't even help you with that, if the Bible can't even help me overcome my anxious thoughts and feelings, then how helpful is it really for me? So what do we do? What do we do whenever we feel disappointed with the Bible? See, while, while our feelings of disappointment, they, they might be real, and they probably are real for some of you, do they, do they actually change what the Bible is? What it says? Or what it does? Let's take a look together. So to get an idea of what we should expect when we read the Bible, we're going to take a look at a verse from the book of Psalms. And the book is a Old Testament book, and it's a collection of, of poetry, of songs, of hymns, of prayers, of the people of Israel. These were written a really long time ago, and they were written to, to praise God. They were written, there's all kinds of different things. Like some people were genuinely upset with God and they were writing and they were just getting their feelings out there. They wrote hymns to worship God, um, poems of how beautiful and glorious the Father is. And out of all the Psalms, Psalm 119 is the absolute longest. And not only is it the longest Psalm, but it's the longest book in the entire Bible. So I wouldn't suggest if you've opened it, haven't opened up Psalms yet to go to this one first. This one's going to take you a little bit. But the writer says this in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, I think, I think it's pretty safe to say that, that all of us in here understand light. Like we understand what light does. Like the idea of light hasn't even changed over the years. What light meant then is pretty close to what light means now. So we don't really need to dig too far into the context to understand this first. Like life, light is a good thing. We know that light is good. When it's dark out, it's almost impossible for us to do certain things. Like light is really important. Like we know that it's, it's really, really good for us to put our headlights on whenever we're driving in the dark. Because if you don't, then the car in front of you is probably not going to see you. Or you might not see that deer. Or I hope that you turn them on because maybe there's somebody walking in the road. Like it's really important for us to have our headlights on. Or maybe when the electricity's out at your house. Has, how many of you have like in the middle of the night, the electricity's went off? Has that ever happened to anybody? And it's one of those things where you wake up, the electricity's out, it's really dark, your eyes haven't adjusted yet, and maybe you have to like touch the walls and like take yourself to the bathroom and that kind of thing. Like that's no fun at all. Like when it's pitch black and you can't see anything and you're just trying to find your way around. See, when it's dark, light makes all the difference. Whether it is just a little light or a big light, we need light to be able to see things. And the writer is saying that God's word is a light for the path of our lives. Like, that's pretty incredible. Like, we're talking about our lives here. And he's saying that the Bible, God's word, is a light to the path of our lives. And obviously, like, your life is not a literal path. Like, you guys do all kinds of different. It's really important in what's going down one straight path. But what's really important and what's helpful about this is that 
when we're talking about the word, when we're talking about light, when we're talking about the Bible, it's talking about the daily decisions that we make and the direction that those decisions take us. So your, your life might not be a path, but the path of your life is the decisions that you're making each and every day and the direction that those decisions take you. See, God's word is a light for that path, for the decisions that we're making every single day, from the moment you wake up to the moment your head hits your pillow at night. And that's a really good and helpful thing. But there are, there are a few things that light doesn't do. So we know what it does, but there are a few things it doesn't do. For example, headlights, they don't give us step-by-step directions uh, to our destination like a GPS will. It just lights up what's in front of you. Or a headlamp doesn't reveal the, the whole course of a journey like a map. A flashlight doesn't tell us everything that we need to know on the journey like a survival guide would. It just lights up what's in front of you, but it doesn't give you every single step and it doesn't show you everything that there is in front of you. It just shows you what's right there. Think of it, think of it this way. How many of you know what this is? Yeah, magic eight ball. It, the use of it is pretty like small. It can only do a couple of things. It answers yes or no questions. So let's just ask it a question. Let's see, should I stop preaching right now? My sources say yes. Hmm. So what do I what do I do now? Like what if I get fired? Reply hazy, try again. Hmm. This thing's stupid. All right. I don't like that. We're going to pretend that didn't happen. Or what if what if I was getting into a really big argument with one of my friends? And I decided that I'm going to get out my GPS and I'm just going to start typing in different addresses and that kind of thing to, to sort out this disagreement. Like, that makes absolutely zero sense, right? Like, why would you bring your GPS out in a disagreement? It, 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 that's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. That's not at all what a GPS is for. It's for directions. It has one use. Kind of like the eight ball has one use. A stupid use, but it has a use. Or maybe you have uh, a car owner's manual. If you have some, we don't read manual in there. Uh, many of you have probably never looked at it because it's long and it's instructions and we don't read instructions, right? But the owner's manual is full of instructions. Uh, if I'm having a car issue or something's wrong, you can probably look through it and it can give you step-by-step and handy instructions for that. But the point behind all of that is, is those three things, they all have specific purposes. They have a specific use. There are things that they do, and there are things that they absolutely don't do. And the purpose of the Bible is to help us know God, to help us know God. That is the purpose of the Bible. And when we are connected to God, we do have more clarity about who we are, about where we are, about where we're going. So God uses God's word. He uses his word in a figurative sense to shine a light on the path of our lives, to shine a light on where we are so that, oh, your baby's crying? (laughs) I was like, what is happening over here? Okay, 
No more babies at tribe, including mine, I guess. Um, so, yeah. You just handle that, and I'll keep talking. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Everybody give her a hand. She's such a good mom. Man, that is one of the last things I expected to happen. All right, let's regroup. We're almost there. We're almost there. So God uses his word to light the path for our lives, right? To help us see what it is that's around us, to help us see our next steps. See, the light helps us to take the next step in the right direction in life. But, but is knowing the next step enough? Is that okay with you? Do you, ever, do you ever wish that God would just show you every next step? I think some of us fall into that a lot. I know I've wished that before. The really hard times in life where you just sit there and you're like, I just wish I could see the end. I don't want to know what the next step is. I want to know what the next 50 steps are. See, even with a light, the dark can feel uncertain, can feel lonely, can feel even scary sometimes. But find peace in the words of this psalm. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? See, in our lives sometimes, we feel like we are completely in the dark, whether it's some situation that you're going through right now, maybe it's something that you've been through in the past, whatever it might be. Maybe, maybe you can't relate to that. Either way, it's important to know that we can be prepared for the dark by knowing God through the Bible so that we have just enough light to keep our footing to stay on the right path. See, earlier in Psalm 119, the writer says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So he knows that the scripture helps him to know who God is. He knows that the scripture guides his path, what God likes and what God doesn't like. And by knowing that, he can avoid doing things that, that God doesn't like, or as he puts it, sin. See, there's something intentional that's happening here in this verse and throughout Scripture. See, he's hidden the Scripture in his heart, which to me, that's communicating this idea that he knows and he values what God says, that it's become a part of him. It's not just words on, pay, on a page, it's his life. And this doesn't just happen. This isn't just something that you can just wake up and you can just be that. But because the scriptures are a part of him, he's ready for whatever comes his way. He's ready to do the right thing, to do the next right step. See, that's what scripture can do for us. It can be a light to our path. It can be hidden in our hearts so that we are ready for whatever lies ahead. 
We can make the right decisions and we can avoid making decisions that hurt God, that hurt others, that hurt ourselves. See, the Bible lights a better path for our lives. See, even though the Bible doesn't doesn't give you this detailed step-by-step instruction like a GPS or some instruction manual, that doesn't mean that God doesn't care about the details because God does care about the details. And God knows every single detail of your life, every single thing, past, present, you, and future. But God doesn't just want to tell you where to go. God wants to guide you every step of the way to be right there next to you. And God will use the Bible to guide you. It'll give you just enough light and just enough clarity to take the next step on the path that leads to life. See, God wants you to have faith in him. He wants you to fully trust him. He wants to invite you into this this new way of living where you're not worried about every single detail or every single step that's down the road because he's already got it covered. And all you have to do is just trust him. What faith would it take if you knew every single thing that was in front of you? That's no faith at all. See, God wants to invite you to trust that what Jesus did on the cross was was sufficient for your salvation and that when we have faith in that, that when we truly have faith in that, that we can also have faith in a God who is guiding our steps, that knows the end of the story that we don't have to worry about every single detail because he already has it covered. Like we may not get the full picture immediately, but that's what faith is. That's real faith. Think about it. How awesome would it be to live a life where you don't worry about everything, because you have faith that God does worry about everything for you. That he's going to take care of it for you. That you don't have to be the master of your own life because he already is. How awesome would it be to live a life where our next steps, they're guided by the light of his word that we only have to be concerned about our next step, not a hundred steps down the road. Because let's be honest, it's stressful to worry about a hundred steps down the road. And all God asks you to do is to look to his word and to take the next step. See, for some of you, God is inviting you into this new way of living tonight to stop worrying about a hundred steps down the road and to just have faith in him to take the next step in time with you. So here's the thing. The Bible is something that you have to spend time with. You have to. You don't get to just own one and understand everything that's in it. If you want to, to learn to play the guitar or, or to beat a new video game or to perfect that TikTok dance, like it takes practice. It takes time. It takes dedication and that's the same for the Bible. 
See, the more time you spend with it, the more you're going to know it. And the more that you know the Bible, the more that you're going to know God. So practically speaking, what does this look like? I want to give you a few ideas to walk away with, and then we'll wrap up. So what does this look like for us? Well, here are a few steps. The first one is read a passage from the Bible for 10 minutes. For 10 minutes. That's not a long time. Start with one of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. See, these Gospels are, they're all about the life of Jesus. And Jesus is the best way for us to know God's character, to see God in human form. And the psalmist we read earlier was referring to the Old Testament as a light for our path. But what's amazing is that we now have the story of Jesus, these stories of Jesus and his followers that can guide us to some, in some really, really practical ways. So the goal here is just to spend 10 focused minutes, just 10 minutes reading. And as you read, maybe make a few observations, jot something down, write down your questions, whatever it might be. Like, what does this passage say? And then secondly, and this one is equally as important, talk with someone about what you read. This is, this is a group effort. You're not on your own. Talk to your tribe group leader. Talk to your parents. Talk to a friend. See, when you talk with someone about what you read, chances are that you're going to benefit from what they experienced, they read. They're going to light a new perspective for you. They're going to show you a different experience than what you have. And maybe as they share how the scripture has been a light in their life, you'll realize even more ways that it's a light to your life. And the third thing is memorize it. Not a, maybe not a whole passage, but pick a verse. Figure out a way to, to memorize that scripture. Maybe it's an acronym, it's a song, or it's just writing it over and over. There's a Bible memory app that you can get on your phone that helps you memorize scripture. And I get that this, to you, it might not sound like a, a good time, but, but just hear me out. You see, you'll never know when you might need those words to come to mind. When a decision comes up and you don't have time to go flip to the Bible or find the right passage or, or go Google something and you need to make a decision then or your, your, your friend is going through a really difficult time and you can just pull it from heart. See, even Jesus memorized scripture and he called it to mind so that he could overcome temptations, he could overcome sin, so he could speak life into hurting people's lives. He understood that knowing scripture by heart, it was helpful. It was important. It was helpful in knowing God and doing what pleased God. So just, just go for it. Just try to memorize something. See, the Bible is so important. And in this, in this series, that's what we want you to understand is that the Bible is this light for your life, for yours. And it may not always give you the specific answers that you want right in that moment, but over time, it's going to illuminate this path of your life. And yes, it can be confusing sometimes. I get that. But learning anything, it takes time. So just take some time to do it. 
We have to have these, this Bible in our life. We have to have the words in our life because it guides our next step. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked you last week, and you can, you can answer it in your head. Is are you willing to give it a try? Are you willing to discover who God is better than you ever have before? Are you willing to put in the time and the effort to know God better? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your scripture. Thank you for the words that we get today. Your character. Have examples from Jesus' life of, of who you are, your character. Father, I pray that, that as we go on with, with our weeks, that we wouldn't just forget how important your word is. That it wouldn't be something that we wake up tomorrow and we're like, oh yeah, I, I said I was going to start it, but I've got this that I have to do, or I have this. But that we would see that it is a priority for us to know you better. Father, open our hearts, open our minds to be curious, to ask good questions, to, to want to dive in. Father, give some of us just the will to do 10 minutes. Father, I pray that as each and every one of us takes the time, the effort to open our Bibles, to read what it is that you have written to us, that we would know you better that we would feel your presence as we're reading it, that we would be changed. And give us the courage to keep going, not to give up when it feels difficult or feels hard or we have a tough question, but that we'd come together as a group. We'd ask our tribe group leader, we'd ask a friend, and we'd grow together. Father, help us to learn who you are so that we can love you better, love ourselves better, and love people around us better. It's in your name we pray, amen.